welcome to the Burning Witches Records podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Valing of Villingo.com, and we have a cool show for you today, as we always do. Uh, today, we have one of the co-founders and co-owners of the label on the show. His name is Darren Page, aka Burning Tapes, and he's coming on not just because he's the boss man and he gets to come on whenever he wants to. No, no, he's got a new album coming out, a long, long-awaited album called Devil Times Nine. It's, uh, he worked on it with Deadly Avenger, and they do some really cool sort of like, they do a different take on uh, the sound that you would normally associate with burning tapes. Uh, we dive into that a little bit, um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the label and all sorts of other fun stuff. So let's zoom into the interview with Darren Page. This nut may prove dangerous. Burning Witches podcast would not be a true Burning Witches podcast without the co-founder and co-owner of Burning Witches Records, Darren Page, a.k.a. Burning Tapes. How are you today? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Is it weird to be on here? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like, it is kind of weird because it's like usually another artist that's on the label. It's you know, often not the, uh, you know, the boss man. Um... So what? How are things in England overall? You're in Kent, is that right? Yeah, yeah, southeast England. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty bleak at the moment, to be honest. It's um, well, it's, it's all good at home and everything, but the outside world lockdown is is getting tough. Kind of children of men kind of thing going on. Yeah, one step away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it, it, it's pretty weird. I think it's a real slog for everyone at the moment. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's kind of it kind of works out then that you're you're releasing kind of a, a, a it's a little bit different album um, with a little more you know you you've had a bleak side to your work but I think this new album uh, which is called Devil Times Nine uh, by Burning Tapes um, there's a bit more fun to it or an, like a it, there's like a I don't know some propulsive rhythmic kind of thing going on. Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about like what was the motivation for this sound sort of design that you used or the song styles? Um, who did you work on uh, when you were making it? Stuff like that. Tell us a little bit more about this beautiful record. Yeah. Um, well, so when I was thinking about trying to come up with a new record, I instantly didn't want to go down the horror route. Because at the time there was a lot of we were getting a lot of um, demo submissions into the label and they were all horror and it was just, it was just too much. We just, you know, saturated and stuff. Yeah. So not that we don't still love that style, but it was just, I wanted to push away artistically against that for a bit. Sure. So it was um, a case of looking at what I could do, what my new sound could be and, how I could, what I'm best at really. And I had a lot of chats with Damon Baxter, uh, Deadly Avenger. We talk quite regularly, um, Gary as well. And then, um, yeah, we was just chatting back and Gary forth. Gary being and, your, your co-founder? Yes, Gary Dimes, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. AKA? All of them witches. 
So just I don't mean to interrupt, but just so people know where the Burning Witch's name comes from, there's a there's a reference to each of the founding fathers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite a uh, simplistic. <laughs> it works because you could you couldn't have said all of them tapes because you don't just sell tapes. No, no, and, and nor would we want to get stuck into that. But yeah. I'll do, no, I'll, anyway. I'll, <laughs> I'm not sure how it came about, but yeah, it just, it was like our first thought burning, which is done. That'll do. So, so yeah, the record, the record. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you, you reached out to Damon Baxter, AKA deadly Avenger, um, who was a guest on this show, obviously. Um, uh, he's pretty big part of your label, um, in terms of probably the best selling record. Yeah. On the label. Yeah. Uh, your God is too small. Is that the, that would, yeah super big hits for us yeah so you're working with him and he has a very distinct style he's got like a sample based background he's worked in hip-hop you know he's he's this bristol kind of sound sometimes yeah the thing with damon is is that he's he's supremely focused like on a sound if he's like okay i'm going down the horror route i'm going down the electro route he Mm -hmm. just dials in on that and that's it that's all he'll do right so um, it was it was a case of him teaching me a little bit about that. How does he get that focus? How does he just hone in on it? And we were chatting back and forth, and he was sending me some music clips of, you know, what about a style like this or something like this? And it kind of came down to the Beastie Boys. I was like, mm-hmm. I really got into um, in communication that whole period. I sort of just focusing in on that all the time. I don't think I listened to anything else for a couple of months while I was making the record. It's like that and the albums around it, but not going as far as Hello Nasty or something like that. Just that sort of mid 90s period. And that helped me. And Damon offered his ears to check over some stuff or listen to it or get some feedback. So it ended up him sort of coaching it with me. I'd send ideas. And you go, okay, try that bit over there. Maybe mute that bit out. And we do that. And yeah, eventually we got, we got an album out of it. <laughs> so what are, so ill communication was a big sort of sonic reference or pro- yeah. pro- production reference. Okay. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it's production and probably the live sound. Mm. It's like, I really wanted to play a lot of bass. I think everything is sort of, a live drum sound and bass guitar, live bass guitar. There's some guitar in it as well. And then the synths had to be that analog, straight, no reverb, no delays, just direct. Oh. Lo-fi. Kind of dirty. Yeah, dirty, but not mess with too much. Got it. Nothing like, uh, you know, no, no Jupiters or no... Juno's or, or, or that sort of synth. It was all okay. Let's go dirty analog. Like I'm straight move into a spring reverb at most.
okay. Yeah, you can kind of hear that that um, you can hear that sound on the songs. There's this, it's like a it's not like a warm sound, which is like kind of nice. There's a little bit. I mean, it's not a. I don't want the listeners to think we're talking about like abrasive noise rock or something here either. <laughs> but there's a. I like that you get a little bit of stank on you uh, on this record. There's a little bit of sleaze. Um, yeah, just a little bit trashy. Yeah, trashy. Trash. A bit of buzz, bit just trash, just dirty out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually had to take a shower after I heard that first song. I was just like, "Whoa!" It's like a, <laughs> it's like the grittiest part of like, I don't know, Midtown Manhattan in the seventies or something like that. <laughs> um, it's like, what's that? What's that smell? Um, okay, so that's cool. So you had like a very like like focused vision on how you get how you were going to get there and it sounds like you went with you were playing your electric bass instead of doing um synth bass yeah okay got it and then some some uh dirtier synthesizers and stuff like that and so were you writing with damon as well was he more of like a svengali showing you the way kind of thing yeah it was yeah it was more of a case of um i'd get some ideas i'd get a a rough structure mm-hmm. and then i send that statement and say all right do you think and here we go maybe you should try an organ sound on this instead of that synth so we try that so okay maybe you need to make that more that bit more exciting let's chop that in half just tightening things up structure is damon's skill by far it's just mm-hmm. he knows he can just hear it straight away where things should go and uh, structure is probably my my weakest point, so it, it helps even that out. What's hard about the structure of a song when creating it? it well, for me, it's I'm constantly thinking about: is this getting boring? Is this too much? Is this too far? Have I repeated this line yeah. too much? What what what's the listener thinking? And Damon's viewpoint was: fuck all that. <laughs> what do you want to do? Let's just get this exciting for us. You know, that was that sort of thing. Oh, okay. It was okay. Makes sense. Stop thinking about it and get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> get your head out of your ass and just create. Yeah.
Um, there is like a, there is something to be said about like not overthinking the art, just kind of letting it come out, however it comes out. Um, I mean, you know, it's not you don't want to have like your 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 version of the Chinese democracy album and just have it. You know, we're waiting 15 years for it or something like that. Yeah, it, it felt like this one took ages to be honest. <laughs> um, in reality, it didn't. But, but it, it has. It, it really has felt like it's been ages. But um, it looks like your last release was in just a 2019 um, as part of the. Was it the Pieces EP? Yeah, yeah. I was on the opposite side to uh, repeated viewing. Yeah. Right, right, okay. Yeah, and that one was a really quick one to do. And then going into this, it, it, it felt like this one took me ages to think about and work out what it was going to be. But then once I got it, I, I've done it fairly quickly. So is it is it hard to balance sort of owning and co-owning and um, co-managing a label and then having a, a day job like and then having a family and then all of a sudden trying to make an album, I imagine that adds to it as well. You don't just don't have as much time for burning tapes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's 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 next to no time to do anything, really, because you've got the day job. I'm coming home and I'm I'm, I'm working in the label when the kids yeah. bed and it's like finding an hour here, an hour there like a week to just to okay let's try and record a track <laughs> and what's interesting is your day job is actually similar to this all of this stuff in the sense that you are you know and you work in a recording studio and you you do like edits and mastering and stuff like that i guess you're not composing but you're doing a lot of technical stuff and a lot of um meticulous kind of work so it's kind of like if if I were to have a which I do a day job that involves journalism, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I get to spend another three hours at the computer writing about something. Yay! Um, so there's that element. But it the thing is like you can tell though that with all despite all that, um, all of the different sort of you know things going on in your life, you you, you had a hell of a, you had you had fun making this album. It sounds like absolutely yeah. yeah. It, it felt so different to what I'd done previously or what I've ever done. Yeah. So it, it felt fresh and it was exciting and it was working with Damon. It was nice to bounce off someone and it was good to say, okay, yeah, this one's done. Let's move on to another one. Or I've never had that. It's always been going back and forth over the same stuff for months and months. And right. Yeah. And you know that when you, when you talk about like, let's not do like yet another synth horror album or something like that, because there's so many, um, you know, it's it seems like what you're you're sort of like a, a a case study in how artists should branch out in, in the sense that like you don't get stuck don't you know get stuck doing the same album over and over again because you're gonna get bored and then what's the point? Like it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be a job, right? It's supposed to be your fun artistic project. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to surprise myself. I want to do different things that I never thought I would have done. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, like the, like the stuff that I listen to or used to listen to and things like that, Smashing Pumpkins, so different with every album. Yeah. Bowie, different every album. Things like that. Non Inch Nails, just, you know, just rethink it every time. It's, it's true. You could listen to any number of those artists, and each album is a different genre, perhaps, but it's still them. 
Like it's no, there's no mistake in mistaking that you know low and let's dance are both Bowie, but they're completely different albums uh, yeah. in, ter- in terms of quality and scope. Obviously, low being the better album. <laughs> Hot takes. But, you know, the other thing is it's like with the Pumpkins, it's like they had Melancholy, which was a very specific type album. And then they follow it with Adore, which was very much like a an early 80s retro kind of album in a way, crossed with 90s electronica. And then it had Bon Harris of Nitzareb on there. Like it was a the same band that had long hair and paisley shirts seven years earlier was now like dressed up like gothic you know vampire folks and um you know had like treated drum loops and and like dark synthesizers and they made you think about like you know depeche mode and stuff like that um so and and actually a little bit closer to home on the burning witches records label deadly avenger um to go back to what you said about him committing to a certain style each deadly each deadly album or project is pretty distinct um, from one thing to the next, um, which I think is also really nice because then you know every time he's bringing something to the table, um, whether it's working with somebody or um, on his own, when he's bringing something to the table to the Burning Witches family, it sort of like sets a, like a new sort of paradigm for you or a new co- a new area where it's like okay, what's Deadly Adventure going to do next? Well, we're going to have um, the when when uh, Harrow met Sally album by Dali, which is Deadly Avenger and Luke Insect, so you can have like sunny synthwaves, eighties sounds on there, but then he can also turn out Yokai, which is um, obviously like folk horror sounding. So um, you're kind of like then getting in that sort of trajectory as well. So are we going to get like the next Burning Tapes album? Is it going to sound like Phil Spector or what? Are you going to have a a girl band. I don't know. I've been, I've been listening to a lot of Goat recently. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I think I want to work on this new Burning Tape sound a bit more. Yeah. Flesh it out. Yeah. I think that's 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 what I'll do next and see where that goes. So, okay. So, Ill Communication was, was, was one uh, in, uh, influence. Is there another? Uh, there was LCD sound system, um, just the way they used the bass and the drums. There was a lot of that as well. Um, and I think that was pretty much it. I, I really restricted what I was listening to for a couple of months, just just to focus in. I I didn't listen to anything that I'd done before. I was trying not to listen to anything work not work related i was you know separating out i was listening to only one thing focus just focus 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 right and whether it works you know that <laughs> that's the to me, yeah focus but don't overthink exactly exactly be focused in your you're letting it flow you gotta let it flow but focused you hear that you hear that people focus where's the title come from <laughs> it was really really tough um because I didn't want it to sound horror, but I wanted it to sound gritty. Okay. So it was, I, I was looking around a lot of sort of seventies gritty cop shows or thrillers, Day Harry, you know, all that sort of stuff, Dog Day Afternoon. 
and I was just trying to pick words out here and there. the topic of like you know synthesizer uh like horror albums specifically the ones that are to films not yet made um you know this has been something that's been going on for a while right like it's there's a lot of phenomenal records that have come out and like where do you see that type of stuff heading in the next several years oh that's a tough one um i don't know these things kind of ebb and flow and mm-hmm. I, I yeah i felt like it hit its peak two years ago maybe and it's kind of going down but there'll probably be a resurgence in a few years and it'll come back in a different way yeah yeah true yeah, yeah there's but, 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 but there is always something going on you know there's there's always something consistently going on like like a dream division that that's his bag right and he just nails it yeah so there is that. It's just saturation. I think it's hit saturation point. Right. It's always a challenge with, with something that's popular, especially like if you have Carpenter, you know, John Carpenter sort of resurgence, not just his films or original work, but lost themes. Um, you have more labels kind of popping up that kind of focus on this. You have, um, you know, like um, sort of that whole landscape that stranger things and stuff like that, that sort of inspires people. Um, and then you get the natural thing with, there's so much saturation and that sort of, it's too distracting and too much noise. But, um, what I think that burning, Witches records has done really well is you're sort of like, you know, you, you kind of came up in that and helped sort of promote that sound in a super high quality way. But then you've also had sort of, you've been open-minded about releasing other types of things. So whether it's, you know, some of the, the soundtrack, the licensed soundtracks that you've had, um, uh, you know, you have stuff like, like I mentioned before, the Yokai uh, record by Deadly Avenger and Sidebag, 
Dorothy's Fortress is like, what's it? House music, basically. Electro. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the baller caster and traveler CS, um, split Exodus Solaire, which is like, it's synthesizer driven for sure, but, um, there's ambient and beat driven kind of music and it's not, you know, there's some major chords in there and it's not, (laughs) yeah, not all fuzzy stuff. So there's, there's this, there's that sort of, uh, sort of holistic experience that you have. And so then, you know, we get your album coming into, into it and it's just sort of further taking the, the label to the next, to a, to a new, to a new level. As I say, the next level, but, (laughs) um, yeah so you know the the it kind of is this is all sort of leading me into thinking like when you run a label but you're also an artist on the label to what extent does sort of your experience in the market impact your creativity as an artist on the label um i try not to think about it when making it when making Mm -hmm. the album don't think about anything like that i'm i'm doing it for myself really like, what do I want to hear? And usually that's the best way. I, I trust my gut on everything. Like whoever we release, I'm, I'm always thinking, would I buy this? And if I would buy mm-hmm. it, then I would put it out. And that's the way I always think. And, I, and, and Gary's the same, I'm sure. That's that's our standard. Would we buy it? Then we'll put it out. If we won't, or if we're like on the fence, then we won't. Um, so yeah, I try not to think about that. But then once the record's made and you're you're starting to press them, you're like, this this one sounds really different from my last one. Can we can we sell as many? Right. When you start you start doubting yourself, you start, you know, all the cogs start wearing. And then I have to sort of just go to my wife, go, What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'll sort of go, Yeah, yeah, it's fine. No, no, don't 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 do that many. That that sort of thing. Um so, yeah, it's very tough, and it's always a gamble. Everything's a gamble. Sure, Some sure. Come on. Well, and then you get one that that maybe doesn't sell out multiple variants, but it's one that people just embrace, and you know, people reference it or something, and it's like the right people or certain. What's maybe not use the phrase right people? What's another? Certain people, receptive people, buy it and and fall in love with it, and then maybe another hundred just sit on the shelf or something it's like the the velvet underground their first record didn't really sell many copies but each one of those people who bought it went on to make you know that that old adage about how it sold what ten thousand copies and formed ten thousand bands or whatever um so there's that there's that kind of thing going on uh so another thing i wanted to touch on um was you know the label is is this is it's starting five this year right five and in October, yeah. So we're we're still a little bit closer to the fourth birthday, but nevertheless, this is the big year. You turn five. Yeah. Um, so like looking back, what are a, a couple like super fucking awesome moments that never would have happened if you had not created the label? Probably a huge moment was getting our first records. You know, getting the first vinyl pressed. Gary, myself, personal pride, and and then to Mondo, and then them selling out in five minutes, you know, gone. Um, that was huge for us, and I think that just gave us the the, the 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 guts, the courage to to carry on. 
and, and do it for everyone else as much as we could. Um, and then Deadly Avenger, when we had Iron Godzilla and everything was coming together so perfectly, we knew it was going to be a good one. And it just flew out. That, 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 was, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, is... That, that to me, seems like a huge turning point. Um, that's actually, you know, that, that pairing, the I Am Godzilla, and then Your God Is Too Small, is like such a powerhouse duo. It's like, you know, people talk about it on multiple different genre Facebook groups. People ask for more versions of it, um, variants of it. Sorry, sorry, collectors. Variant, colorway, whatever the hell you call them now. <laughs> Actually, I saw someone say colorway, and then someone was like, that's a term that's used in the fashion industry. Um, what's happened to us? There's something like that. And it's like, all right, everybody calm down. They're records. They're pretty. And they have great music on them. <laughs> all right, so what about the next five years of the label? Are you going to have an offshoot? Like, are you going to start making movies? No, nothing like that. Um, but, w- yeah, we've got a few ideas um we've got a few things cooking, but we'll we shall see what happens with those um but, but yeah we want to concentrate in on artists more try and build artists like mr f Corey kildarth and just try and bring that up and i think we want to carry on branching out keeping things in the pop section with some vocals as well as the the dark synth stuff and everything in between and the soundtracks of course we want to continue with that yeah we've got we've got plans but um, it's all a bit everything's a bit slow at the moment from last year this year we've got a huge backlog pressing delays yeah yeah you know there, the, there was a pandemic so yeah things will happen i mean that's actually kind of a fun thing too that that you're doing is like you have these original artists making their original work um that are you know artists that you're cultivating um and then you you have these relationships with these these companies so you're able to release some really cool soundtracks you think about satanic panic which was a big one candy corn uh you recently had silent night deadly night which was really special that one had you you found some original tracks for that one um that or at least one right that was not released yeah, there was there was one that was not released and another one that had never been on vinyl before. There you go. Yep, and as, then, well as, as well as a bunch of different mixes that hadn't been on vinyl. Right, right. So if if somebody's really into that movie, um, you know, like there's there's a couple different versions of this soundtrack out there, and you know they're able to get you know this really special version of it with some. There's a few alt mixes on here, um, and you know like. And then he he died like what a month ago or something. So it was like one last special kind of hurrah for him in a way to to get this. Uh, yeah, it was last this, week actually. Last week, so because yeah. um, a special edition. Um, one thing that I find fascinating is when I'm when you know you see the credits on these releases, it'll say like cut at Abbey Road Studios. What does that actually mean for for lay folk? When, when you're saying cut, does that like have to do with the mastering process or what? Uh, it means the the lacquers are, are, are mastered and cut at Abbey Road. Okay. And then the lacquers are, are taken off to the pressing plant to be galvanized, and, and then they, they're used as the stampers, the master stampers. 
So right. it's the process of the the audio going onto a lacquer. It's the way it's literally it's cut onto the lacquer. Okay, the grooves. Yes, the grooves. Yeah, that cut. Got it. Okay, fascinating stuff. It's interesting because it's a, such an old technology and so rudimentary in some ways. You know, just like having plastic grooves generating music, but it's like the basically the the prime way to experience music right now. There are times people. There are sometimes when people sort of get into releasing vinyl, they don't always put like a the master that's actually designed for vinyl. So sometimes you'll get you know people will put like a wave file basically <laughs> like on the on the vinyl, and and so that can you know sort of detract certain people. But like in in your guys's case, it's like definitely um, you have this this massive reputation just unassailable reputation for quality on the on the records which is um which is like not easy to get i think people are pretty picky um you know there's noise the color doesn't look like it's supposed to and all that sort of thing um but you know that's the kind of reputation that takes years to build which it is which you did um and you know like when you look back on this five years of building this this like this entity this this monster um (laughs) like what would you do differently or what would you do what would you double down on or whatever like if you you tell your you know yourself five years ago when when you and gary are, are are founding this thing like what do you say to them what do you say to your younger selves that's a tough one um because I think we've been really lucky. Uh, It's really helped that me and Gary have different skill sets that work particularly well into being a label. You know, it helps that I'm a sound engineer. It helps that I know what I'm I'm talking about when it comes to to audio files. And it helps that Gary knows what he's talking about when it comes to artwork and graphic design. Um, So in those respects, I think we you know we we we've got that sussed um but i think maybe if i was talking to myself i'd say slow down on the second year mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was a good year but but maybe just you know a couple less releases a little bit more breathing space build it up a bit better uh, that would be <laughs> But then again, you know, we probably might have missed out on some of the great things that came our way because we very, very rarely have ever sought out something. They've mm. always been offered to us or it's been through a friend or it's it's been it's been like that. Yeah, it's very rare that we really chased something or someone for anything. So we've been very lucky. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice that it works out that way.
switch the discussion here to the subscription. So each, mo I think virtually every year, um, the past few years, you've done a vinyl subscription, which people will be familiar with. Um, you know, if they're in the movie wax group and they're listening, um, but you know, other labels have done this as well. It's, a, it's just, you know, it's one offering that labels make. Um, and you've had a few, you've had like a few years of this and it's been just a really solid selection. Um, and this year it looks like you have another for five, for your fifth year or for five years, you have five, um, new vinyl records. Um, and they, yeah. they're all a special variant. Is that right? For, for the, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and so your record burning tapes, devil times nine is on it. Is a part of the subscription. We've got Jonathan Snipes, the El Duce tapes, OST. Yeah. Um, original soundtrack for those of you who don't know that acronym. Uh, and then we have Is Visible, Is Invisible. Um, and that's Moon White Water. Moon White Water. Um, and that would be the second record from that artist, right? That you've released? Yeah. The first one was a cassette only release a couple of years ago. And he was on the communion uh, compilation as well. Right, right. Okay, so we have we have those are three, and then obviously there's going to be two more that will be known as time progresses, which is kind of the fun part too of a subscription. Like you, you, it's good to know kind of an idea of what you can expect, but like the surprise is also like I found really fun um, as a subscriber of yours and others. what so this is like a, a fascinating trend to me because it's like kind of fun to be a part like it's like people can like buy every record that you release but this is like them saying hey like we're we're investing in your in your present and future like we want to be a part of something and like you know that is i think that's that's powerful and i'm glad that you've brought the subscription back for another year um and like, how do you know which releases go in a subscription or which don't? Um, it, it's varied from year to year because we've, we've tried to make things, it's, it can be tough between getting the costs right, mm-hmm. knowing what's going to be released when, and it can get really tough. So this year we've completely changed it and we're going, okay, it's, it's literally the first five releases of the year in a row. Okay, that makes because sense. Of the, because of the pandemic, you know, release schedules are getting moved about. So we know what they are, and they're all in production at a pressing plant currently. But it's like, okay, it's this five. And if we get through this five and, you know, we've, we've still got plenty of time left in the year, maybe we'll do another add-on sub, maybe slightly oh. smaller. Something like Ooh. that. Just, just keep it going and keep people conversing with it and hopefully enjoying the music that's coming. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And you have, you have so many diehard fans at this point. I mean, it's, um, you know, you mentioned burning witches records and people are all over. Oh yeah. I have this record and that record and that sort of thing. I think it's just, it's, it's, uh, exciting to, to be a part of something like that, like a subscription, because it's like, you're, you're, you just know, okay. And then for this year, it's like, I know I'm going to get the first five friggin' albums that you're going to release. Don't even have to think about it. Just, just do it. Um, and it looks like you also have, you know, you cover different regions, UK, Europe, USA, um, the rest of the world. And 
pretty decent price if you're an American listening. It's a uh, 148 pounds, which I don't know what that is, but it's it's probably like 200 bucks or something, right? With the probably less than that, yeah. Yeah, less. I know at one point the pound pound was worth pretty close to a dollar, but um, let's see. We, we managed to cut our U.S. shipping in half as well. So, um, yeah, we should mention that. So it's 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 around two hundred dollars for that's what the one hundred forty eight pounds is. But I recently bought some records from you, and you have a distributor here in the U.S. Yeah, I mean it's it's completely changed because during last year the the postage prices just went up like you know, threefold. Mm-hmm. It was getting insane. So yeah, we managed to find a way around that by having someone in the U.S post out for us and yeah it's just half shipping costs so and that if for vinyl collectors that is always a huge discussion for for collectors but also the labels because if shipping prices are too expensive you might lose that on sales um and there's you know a lot of labels that are you know headquartered in the uk or the us or europe that you know traditionally people would have to order overseas for um, the U.S. as well. There's certain labels where, you know, like if I wanted to buy one of your records for a long time, it was obviously overseas. But then there's like U.S. labels of people, um, you know, like Mondo or something. You kind of have to go through uh, Transmission or uh, was it Silo Wave? It's another one. Yeah. yeah. So um, th- that I think is very interesting. Uh, another interesting part of the business and the development of the business is you have... You, know, you you can have the the artists, you can have the graphic design, you can have the best records, you have all this, and then you have these fluctuating, weird expenses like shipping that you just have no control over, and you're just and you're fucked if it's you know like last year when when all the prices went up, and um, but um, I think that you know it's just another challenge that that you face as a yeah. label owner, right? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a constant headache. And um, and Brexit as well, right? So, uh, I mean, we're again we're quite lucky because we press all of our records and we print all our sleeves in the UK. Mm. But I see other labels like struggling to get pallets of records in from the EU. Oh. And, um, it's it's yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pain. Um, I know that even just so where I'm at in New York State, if I'm sending something to toronto which is just a few hours away um or they send something to me it's it, the, the cost is is just like several times higher than if i want to send something to la which is you know, several several hours away and i was thinking about that but now with brexit that's probably a similar situation like if you want to send something across the channel it probably costs a hell of a lot more now yeah it's, it's- gone up a little bit yeah um from from the uk to europe but i think it's probably worse coming the other way around because they have to do all sorts of tax yeah it's wow. not, I, I, I honestly i don't know why any label out there or in the us would bother sending to the uk at the moment it's, it's that rubbish for them right and the customer probably oh. so, well good thing you don't have to worry about that then you've got these, yeah. these beautiful records all made on, in uh, the motherland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Darren. Um, anything else you want to say about uh, 
burning tapes devil times nine before we sign off like for example when when uh can we buy it if we don't have the subscription or when do we get it if we do the album hopefully will be released around early march but we will ship them out to subscribers as soon as we have them um and the the proper release date is yet to be finalized but probably around the first friday second friday of march that's great but on the 19th of february it's it's my it's a significant birthday for me and i wanted to release the album on that date mm. but instead i'm going to release just a digital single that's not on the album um and that'll be free free to download for that day 19th of february That's exciting. All right. Uh, thanks for um, coming on your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can see sometimes I get that routine going from the Flingo podcast. Thanks for coming on the show. That is yours. <laughs> thanks All for right. having me. Well, that was a fun show, wasn't it? Uh, it's just there's so much going on with Burning Witches Records. It's just really fun to, to hear all of the different artists as they progress through their careers, uh, to, to, to hear the new artists that they bring in, um, to experience the original soundtracks that they have. It's just there's a lot going on, and it's going to be really cool to see what happens over the next five years. Um, I'm happy to work with them uh, in any capacity that I can, um, and I know that... You all are happy to experience the music that they put out. Uh, don't forget to dive into that subscription. Um, you can just go to their burningwitchesrecords.com and like look into it. And um, I'm not going to try to mess with the exchange rate here on pounds. Um, again, I was, I am, and was, and will be Aaron Vailing of Vilingo.com, and I am often the host of this podcast. Uh, we'll talk next time. Have a good one.